0: James Corden is about to get fired and Jamar Tisby wants to pursue racial justice. We're gonna get into it. Welcome in. This is Religionless Christianity. I'm your host, Spencer. This is my beautiful wife, Nikki. So, before we dive into these news articles today, honey, do you have anything that you want to say?
1: I just want to remind you guys to get on the Discord channel and put in prayer requests or any articles that you come across that you would like us to discuss. And put praise reports on there, too.
0: Yeah, definitely. Please uh, like and subscribe. To the show, if you're watching us on YouTube, if you're on the podcast, please make sure you're following, subscribing, whatever your platform asks you to do. And then more importantly, please jump on that Discord. That's kind of where we want our hub to be. Get away from these godless social media platforms. That's where, like she said, our prayer requests, our praise reports, and then also we link sermons and other things yeah. like that. So please jump on there. Lift up my brother's business. I know we asked about that in our previous episode. Uh, He's got big opportunities to kind of kickstart his business and it would be wonderful for them if it got kicked off in the right way. So then the last thing to kind of start this, I don't normally do this, I guess, and probably won't do it all that often, but I have a wonderful podcast that I wanna recommend going forward. Now, obviously we want you to continue listening to our podcast. So this is in addition to But we're more concerned with you sort of having the truth Mm -hmm. that you need and like the information to fight back against all this insanity that's going on in the world. And I will have that recommendation at the end of the show. So stick with us. We'll get to that. It'll be worth your time. So, you know, things like when your life is going so good, like it's just everything's going so well and you just need someone to bring you back down to earth. Well, in America, you're lucky because all you need to do is just flip on the news for a few minutes a day, and uh, your good times will end for sure. So obviously we're kidding, right? Our joy comes from the Lord and all that. But our news media sucks. Uh, What they report on sucks, and the people that report on it suck. As Homer Simpson would say, they are the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. And if that's a little too harsh for the language, we apologize. We'll try to clean it up. So today we are back in the news, bringing you a couple of articles. And like everything in America in 2021, they're about racism. Yeah. You know, because as our old enemy, Joseph Goebbels, would say, if you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, People will eventually come to believe it. Mm -hmm. And how right he was. He was a man ahead of his time, in my opinion. I think uh, America in 2021 would be ripe for a Joseph Goebbels. He'd fit right in. So Mm -hmm. first up here, we got this story from outkick.com. And baby, if you want to read the headline and those first couple paragraphs.
1: Yep. So late night host James Corden gets is getting canceled over racially insensitive segment. And I'm just going to read a few paragraphs here like the snake that eats its own tail. The continual cancellation of personalities from the liberal media may soon claim another victim. As the Late Late Show host, James Corden, faces heat for a segment on his show that has offended people in the Asian-American community over uh, racially insensitive content. A 24-year-old TikTok user named Kim Sarah launched a viral campaign against Corden, calling the host out for racially insensitive content from his segment titled Spill Your Guts. The skit involves guests being forced to eat generally unpalatable foods as the main gag. What Sarah pointed out was the predominant use of Asian cuisine in the segment, which she considers a pointed attack toward the Asian community perpetrated by Corden. I'm like, this is Asian America. We live in America. Like, we don't eat the kind of things that, well, he, they talk about some yeah. of the things. And they're things naturally that... We don't eat, and I'm sure this Asian American girl doesn't eat either because she lives in America. I don't know. i don't know.
0: pretty offended by it. So <laughs> the first thing here, obviously like, I don't care if James Corden gets fired personally. You know, I don't, we've never watched his show. Um, it's the late, late show and we're in bed early because we're old, but you know, so it makes no difference really James Corden. Um, The more important point here, right, is the Asian lady, like Nikki was saying. This lady with apparently extremely thin skin and apparently a pretty disgusting palate, the foods that she likes. Um, No offense here. That's just the way I see it as an American. Uh, These foods are gross. But
1: Are you going to talk about what they were? No,
0: (laughs) I don't really care what they are. But what I do care about (laughs) is the Bible. Because in Proverbs 19.11, it tells us, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is Mm. his glory to overlook an offense. So this lady Mm. obviously doesn't have good sense, um, but we need to be leery of this, you know, lest this sort of thing would happen to us. You know, it's easy to laugh at this lady, you know, because she thinks people not liking the food that she eats is offensive, you know, but we're all prone to get easily offended if we're not Mm -hmm. watchful of it, like... This is for the ladies, but be honest, right? Like, have you ever been, you know, offended by somebody because maybe they were gossiping about you and you caught wind of it? You know, never, never mind the fact that like, maybe you were talking to your friend about maybe that same person. You know, I know it wasn't gossiping when you did it, it was counseling, um, but you know, it's that same sort of thing. We get easily offended. Now, this one's obviously a stupid yeah. topic, but we need to be a be careful, you know, that we don't get easily offended. And that's kind of why I wanted to mention this story here. Um, you know, I just think like you need to ask yourself, you know, if you're someone that gets easily offended or even if you're not easily offended, but you find yourself offended. You know, you need to pray about that. You need to seek the person that offended you so right. that you can write that Being situation. Being offended,
1: I don't think, is a sin like the the feeling you get. Like, say, you did hear somebody gossip about you. Then, like you said, you would go to that person and say, hey, what you were saying about me, maybe it's true. And apologize. Like, But it's still gossip, even if it's a true thing they're talking about. But the whole thing is overlook it or... Pray. Just pray about it.
0: Yeah, because I don't know if necessarily you are sinning, you know, if you're offended. Obviously, it doesn't give glory to God if you're walking if around you're in offense. If you're holding
1: on to it and you're getting all bitter, then... Right, that's yeah. the
0: problem. Like, this offense that doesn't get resolved mm-hmm. leads to bitterness. And now you are walking in sin if you're carrying this bitterness. That's um, true. So really, there should be nothing, you know, that offends you, you know, so much. Like this lady, that where you want someone to get fired, right? right? That's Lose extreme. Lose their job, you know. And unless you like the cook spitting your food or something, then yeah, fire that fool. But for someone like this, <laughs> doing something, this should not bring you to a point. You know, obviously, this lady's probably got more issues going on in her life than. First mm-hmm. off, go to bed. Why are you standing up and watching the Late Late Show? Like, get a job, <laughs> raise some kids, go to sleep. I'm um, Just kidding. Raise some um, kids and sleep. you know but like you should not want someone to necessarily lose their livelihood this is the whole cancel culture thing that we live in you know and obviously james corden's a celebrity so we don't necessarily see it the same way but like this is his livelihood you know and if he lost his job you know just because he was like another leftist boob on late night tv then cool i'm down with that but if he loses his job because somebody gets offended by something that he says or some comedic skit you know we used to allow comedy in this country then that's stupid right um
1: people like that kind of comedy though like that's just what people like they like offensive things like why were you watching that show anyway like you know you've heard offensive things toward other people but it didn't bother you
0: right and like so maybe again you're listening to this and you're like "Ah, this is crazy this lady You know, but if you are finding yourself wishing bad things to happen to people or applauding when bad things happen to people um, because of some offense or whatever like this, you know, maybe there's exceptions to the rule, right? Like Osama bin Laden gets killed. You could probably breathe a sigh of relief there. But,
1: you know, someone losing
0: their job over freedom of speech and these sorts of things. Like, again, maybe that's something you ought to take up in prayer and see where your heart lies and if maybe you're, you know, carrying around these grudges and um, these sort of hateful tendencies, I guess, Mm because you shouldn't wish harm to happen to people, you know, unless they're bad people. So this, you know, this wasn't a super out there story. I just think it's important because we are such an easily offended society nowadays. And we love to point the finger like that person's offended and that person's weak because, but we all carry around offense for different things, you know?
1: Yeah. So just looking at these things, we're not bringing it up just to talk about what's wrong with the person. It's always like inward reflection on your own heart because we can sit here and we can judge and, but we deal with the same things.
0: Yeah, we definitely, I mean, except me. I'm never offended. Um, (laughs) Just kidding. So any last thoughts on James Corden getting the ax? No, no. They won't replace him with someone better, I promise you. <laughs> All right, so then moving on to the next article. Hey, honey, if you want to read this, this one comes from the Christianity Today.
1: All right, it starts off. I'm going to read the headline first. Jamar Tisby, three words should guide our pursuit of racial justice. In his 2019 book, The Color of Compromise, author and speaker Jamar Tisby offered a comprehensive account of the relationship between American Christianity and racism, but understanding that history leads to the inevitable question, what now? Events like the killing of George Floyd in Minneapolis have placed questions of racial justice front and center, spurring many Christians to ask what it means to reckon with racism in their own lives and in the lives of their churches. Tisby takes up these topics in his follow-up book, How to Fight Racism, Courageous Christianity and the Journey Toward Racial Justice. Miles Wurnts, Director of Baptist Studies and Associate Professor of Theology at Abilene Christian University, spoke with Tisby about the next steps on this journey.
0: Boy, doesn't that book sound like a good read. so whatever you know this is a you can probably article. guess where this article <laughs> is going right it's racism exists and we need to recognize it and we need to do something about it right whatever it's a long article a bit, it's, it's an interview i think so it's kind of like a question answer
1: mm-hmm. type article
0: but the first thing reading through here um you can just leave right there it says okay. uh the first sentence that he says this book comes from two places First, it comes from the urgency that I felt about the need to take anti racist action. And that right there should be a hard red light mm-hmm. for you. Um, this word anti racist, you know, it, wherever you hear this word, you should definitely be cautious. And you, you know, those uh, intellectual hairs should be standing up on the back of your neck because this is critical race theory. Like, this is dangerous, this is critical race theory sort of doctrine here. And it's a black liberation theology word, you know, tied in with that liberation theology. And we get this word from an author named Ibram Kendi, I believe is how you say his name. He wrote a book called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And this anti-racist is not, it's kind of the idea that like the opposite of racist is not not racist the opposite of racist is anti-racist where you're actively trying to fix racism wherever you see it kind of a thing and um Mm -hmm. i'll link i linked it in a previous episode the glenn beck podcast where he was interviewing Vodi or body bakum and (laughs) i'll have that up on the discord channel that's where i'm gonna be putting all this stuff from now on but He goes into, even Kendi, this idea of anti-racism stuff, probably a lot more eloquently than I ever could. Uh, So go give that another listen. But it's important to understand these terms because we're hearing them Mm -hmm. more and more in today's society. And this Black liberation theology is not traditional Christianity in any sense. You know, This is the religion of Barack Obama. It's the religion of Barack Obama's pastor or Reverend uh, Jeremiah Wright and Obviously, Ibram Kendi, and it's kind of the idea that Jesus was a revolutionary, mm-hmm. and the job of modern day Christians is to liberate the oppressed you know, black people, minorities, whoever so happens to be. So, it's a different it.
1: kind of liberation than being, yeah. Like, from traditional Christianity
0: sins. is like an individualist, they call it savior theology you're a sinner, you need to be saved from your sin. Black liberation theology is more of a collectivist religion where, like, You know, we all need to fight these oppressors in order to gain our salvation kind of a thing. What about we
1: battle not against flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities? Not
0: even close. We only battle against flesh and blood. That's Yeah. Because the funny thing is, is these oppressors that they claim, it's white, male, Christian, oddly enough, like heterosexuals. And that's kind of, we've mentioned this term before, but that's the hegemony that they sort of talk about. That's sort of the oppressor in this country. It would be those white male, Christian, heterosexual, um, yeah. cisgendered, whatever it happens to be stupid term they throw out. So this is a dangerous word. And like immediately I read this article in that first sentence, I was like, oh, okay. So this dude isn't like a traditional Christian. Mm-mm. He's a black liberation theology type dude. So you can read the article. Um, and again, they always say some stuff that's good that lines up with, you know, Satan's crafty. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's much easier to lead someone off the narrow path by making your path kind of look but like the path. But they're making you so, more
1: focused on um, offending someone of a different race than offending God.
0: Well, because I think a lot of these, a lot of time, well... I don't know how to say, I guess, but I think for a lot of these people, like their race, their political bent is more important than the religion. And we've talked Mm. about this in previous episodes that like I'm a liberal first, Christian second. So my Christianity needs to line up with my liberalism rather than Christian first and then I sort the rest of it out. It's just so
1: flip flopped.
0: Yeah, so they're and this is where you get like black Hebrew Israelites. We had a guy mm-hmm. on Facebook not too long ago, in all caps, responding to me about <laughs> how we don't serve some white hippie Jesus, and Jesus was black, and dropping an f bombs, and I was like, oh my. <laughs> uh, "Who said we serve a white hippie Jesus? And who said we serve a black Jesus? Why like, do they
1: assume who, that we even think about the color?" I mean, we know that he wasn't white, We know, where he lived, where he grew up. It's
0: just nonsense. And they see their race as basically <laughs> more important than their faith. Um, and honestly, as I was going through this article, I found an old video. I used to have a, I still have the YouTube channel. I just don't do anything on it really anymore. It was kind of like a tech channel. I build computers and stuff like that, PC stuff. And. It was kind of during the midst of the pandemic and BLM and stuff in 2020, and I just had to get this stuff off my chest. Um, so I'll link that episode where I kind of expound on this systemic racist racism idea. I think I did it quite well there. Um, you know, every good superhero needs an origin story. And I think <laughs> that is the origin story of this podcast. You know, we talked about Bonhoeffer and the book of judges and stuff, but this goes back even further. And I kind of discussed some of that. I'll have that on the Discord as well. But it's it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty long, so I don't want to play it here. But mm-hmm. I think you guys would enjoy it. Not to mention, the computer I built was pretty sick. <laughs> so uh, I make some pretty good PCs. Humble brag. But um, more importantly, what I talk about on there is pretty good. So go give that a listen. But kind of the the overarching idea of this at the time was systemic racism really isn't a problem in America. Um the problem and it looks like racism kind of thing, but the problem is liberalism. Mm-hmm. Because liberalism is what gives us all of these things. Because black people are oppressed, but they're oppressed by liberalism. Mm-hmm. They in the the problem that with that is that they are voting for the very thing that oppresses them.
1: Right.
0: So it's it's a good thing to listen to. Go check that video out. I'd love to hear from you guys what you think about it and that computer, cause it was really nice. So, um, the last thing I wanted to touch on here with this article that made me chuckle, um, he said, there's a sense in which we make this way too complicated. We can't just go around collecting friends based on demographics. So one question to ask is would I be friends with this person if we never talked about race? This forces us to ask whether or not this is a purely transactional relationship. And I was like, that's the wrong question. The wrong question would be, would I still be friends with this person if he ever talked to me about race? (laughs) Like, I don't go around and be like, oh, this black guy, I wonder if I can talk to him about race. Oh boy, he's really cool. We talk about race all the time. Like, (laughs) are you nuts? And this is where you can, again, you can know what a racist is. Because if someone always sees race in every situation, pretty good chance they're a racist.
1: Well, there was a one part in this article, it is so long, I don't even know where, but they've seen how like white people in America, they they don't think about themselves as uh, a race. Everybody else is a certain race. Like, and I was thinking how that is along the lines of like people's accents. Like I don't have an accent, you have an accent. Like I used to think Southern people have an accent, but I've picked theirs up now. So, um, you know, I'll say y'all now instead of you guys. But I think that's the same, um, that's the same idea. It's not that white people don't see themselves as a race. Like they're the, how did they word it? Like the borderline or something, the base. The baseline. And I mean, everybody else is a
0: truthfully I mean yeah it is natural as well we're in the western world we're a predominantly caucasian mm-hmm. you know side of the world so yeah we are the most predominant but yeah even still like and I even asked this question at work when we had our little kumbaya you know racial justice moments and like how many people actually walk into a room and be like oh there I see one Indian guy there's two black guys over there there's a couple of females and oh now I'm nerd like yeah nobody raised their hand because nobody thinks that way in america um, unless you watch too much of the news so um, go check these articles out they they're a good read but just be cautious when you start hearing words like anti-racist liberation theology Um, they're getting into marxism here Mm -hmm. um, and they're getting away from traditional christianity so do you have any last words on these articles baby
1: Oh, I'm sure I could say a lot more, but yes, definitely read this. It's really interesting. I don't know. It just kind of makes me shake my head a lot. The things that he suggests for pastors and churchgoers to do. Yeah,
0: it's dangerous <laughs> and that stuff is definitely infiltrating our churches. So I promised you guys a podcast recommendation and I want to give it to you and I'll have it linked on the discord, but It's Jason Whitlock, and his podcast is called Fearless. If you're not a sports fan, you may not be very well aware of who Jason Whitlock is. He was a sports writer, sports commentator for a lot of years, and he's sort of moving into more of a traditional, like uh, he's on the Blaze, which is Glenn Beck's news network. But he's been an advocate for culture. He's been a kind of a culture fighter for a long time, he's a black guy from, uh, I don't remember exactly where he's from, but grew up college football player, but he kind of got his start at the Kansas City Star, but he, he tackles this systemic racism, BLM, sort of from the black inner city kind of angle, very intelligent man, and he will give you lots of good information um, he's a Christian man. So that's kind of where he branched away from sports. He didn't think they allowed him to dive into his faith um, quite enough. And that he, want, he acknowledges over and over again, the only solution to the problems we face in America is Jesus. Um, but he's a very intelligent man, very witty, funny. So go check out Fearless Podcast. And uh, that's all we got for you guys today. We love you. God bless.